Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for... Here we go, here we go, here we go. Kickoff. With Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. Presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's. Lowe's knows home improvement. People feel the excitement. Boomer in New York, me in Detroit. People, this is a tea time edition of this show. This man has a tea time. We are getting this man to the course. But first... Lots of football. Booms, how are you? I'm doing great, and I appreciate you uh, you know, making time for me and, and getting through this. I will say this. I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel this way. At this moment, at this point in the NFL season, Mike, there are the San Francisco 49ers, and then there is everybody else. Yeah, I think it's as big of a gap. Honestly, Boomer, you know what they remind me of? It reminds me of a team from the late 80s, early 90s. A pre-salary cap era, loaded roster, you know, we're out here just picking up Charles Haley or primetime for fun, that type of team. It's a spoil of riches. They're, they're, they're an absolute nightmare. You know, I was, was going to say, I was asked last week on the NFL today, is Brock Purdy a top five quarterback? And I said, well, you know, he is a no. victim of circumstance. I mean, he stepped into a good team with a great offensive mind as a head coach and great play design. And he's got, you know, potential Hall of Famers all around him on that offense, plus the number one defense in football. So I would say, yeah, maybe a little victim of circumstance, but you still have to go out and perform. You still have to go out and make the throws. And certainly Brock Purdy has done that. So I gave him a top five rating without question. Are you – wow. Okay. See, I'm, I'm just different about it. I view it – we did this actually in Detroit this week. We played a game. One of the guys on my staff, Niners fan. I go, how many guys could walk in, and if you gave Shanahan the time, could give you close or exactly what Purdy's giving you? You wouldn't like the number we came up with. Uh, with what, 10? Keep going. 15. Keep going. Oh, come on. 17 guys. 17 guys, and Kirk Cousins is a part of that. Yes. I'm yes. just making a point. It's about, and it's not Purdy's fault. But when everything is schemed up, I think Shanahan's a genius. That, that, the, the weapons, the scheme, the whole bit. I, it's, listen, he does a nice job, and he's a good kid by all accounts. I don't want to slander the young man. But yeah, it was one of those where you're like, I could get you out of retirement. You well, could probably no, no, put no. up an 85 QBR. <laughs> no, I don't Maybe. think so. But, you know, when I compare, like, him and Zach Wilson, and I watch the games and I watch the mistakes that Zach Wilson makes, I watch right. the, the the plays that he misses, um, you still have to go out there and perform. And Brock Purdy, and according to his own head coach, was all, was pretty flawless, if not totally flawless, uh, which would make more sense. Uh, than uh, than most quarterbacks would normally be. So I, I, I his performance last week against the Cowboys was was picture perfect, and it was Montana esque. I don't care what what you say. There still has to be a guy that's throwing the ball, reading the defense, calling the plays, making the checks, and he's doing all of that. So we started out with a high note. Now we got to get into the mud. Uh, Eddie, rundown, please. The NFL rundown. Okay. Well. I think you got a lot of people who want to run down Russell Wilson currently. Good God. 
Uh, let's talk about it because, Boomer, I don't know what the heck I'm watching. Now, I, 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 we'll, we'll talk Thursday Night Football, and it's going to lead me into this Denver situation at large. Just start out Chiefs offense. That was a very sleepy, short week. I get it. It would. Do you think there's another gear to this thing, or is this just who they are? Well, I think teams are uh, backing off. I think teams are trying to keep them in front of uh, their defenders. Um, I don't think Patrick Mahomes has been particularly sharp here through the first six weeks of the season. Uh, you know, they've played a lot of primetime games, a lot of short week games already. I mean, they're obviously on everybody's radar, but the greatness of a team doesn't usually show up until – December, January, and and then they take it on into the playoffs. So they're not playing great, but their defense is playing really good. Like this, like if you ask Patrick Mahomes, why are you guys winning? I think he'd be the first to tell you that defense and special teams are doing their jobs. We're not doing what we should be doing, and that is scoring touchdowns. So they were in the end, uh, red zone, what, five times on Thursday night? Yeah. Uh, came away with one touchdown. Uh, it's frustrating, I'm sure, for them. But I think teams are also defending them a little bit differently and not taking as many risks as maybe they have seen in the past. Uh, who won the Steve Smith versus Jerry Judy smack-off? What, what, <laughs> what was that exactly? Well, I guess Steve Smith has a podcast. I don't know how many people listen to it, but he obviously took issue with Jerry Judy as a player, calling him a jag, just another guy. And uh, I guess he wanted to go up and apologize to Jerry last night, and Jerry didn't want to have any part of it. I would probably have felt the same way had, had somebody said something like that about me. So I don't blame Jerry Judy, but then Steve Smith made a whole story about it last night on Amazon Prime or Thursday night Amazon Prime. Never seen anything like it. And uh, it was kind of crazy. I mean, I have never had a guy that was covering me that said something negative about me ever come up to apologize, uh, apologize about their opinion about my the way that I played, ever. No, I, I, I've just, I, I don't think, well, and by the way, I don't think he has to. be. It's a weird thing to do. Jerry Judy has been just a guy. I mean, it's just what it is. I don't know why you got to make a spectacle of it. All right, let's move on to more big things here. I want to sell to you what I deem to be the most hopeless situation in the league. Work with me. And it, it is Denver. I mean, you give up your entire future to get a quarterback who's not partially baked, but fully. Russell Wilson looks done. Uh, his contract kicks in next year even if he got hurt and couldn't play football anymore you'd get banged another 38 million dollars you'd be on the hook for 75 you gave up a pick to get a coach who clearly doesn't like this quarterback doesn't get along can't get anything out of him your biggest free agent signings on each side of the ball you jettisoned one of them the other guy you stuck with him McGlinchy, even though he's playing like one of the giants tackles you stink in all three phases your defense doesn't do anything right and now you're sitting here and you go, what's our out? I give you the Denver Broncos. Have I overstated this? No, I don't think you have. I think you could throw New England and the Giants in that mix as well as like, what's the future hold? Where's the team going? As we sit here in week six, um, you know, last year, I think it was your Detroit Lions were one and six and yeah. then made, made a season out of it the second half of the season. So can any one of these teams seem to turn it around? in the second half of the season. I, I don't necessarily know that any of the three teams that we just talked about can or will. And I think a lot of the problems are uh, at, lie at the quarterback position for all three teams. And I don't think that Sean Payton and Russell Wilson are long for each other uh, after this no. season. And I'm, I'm no. sure that Sean Payton, the way he is, is going to probably walk into that front office and say, I can't win with this guy. Come on. What are we doing here? Now, he's got $161 million guaranteed with that contract extension. 
and that is a major problem for the Broncos moving forward. And quite frankly, he's also going to say, look, I didn't sign this guy to the contract extension. I would have Correct. never done that. Uh, you know, because that's the way, you know, most of these coaches and the way that Sean Payton's going to act about this. He's going to try to distance himself as far as he can from Russell Wilson. With Wilson, I mean, Boomer, how does it work? I mean, if they if they take the hit, they destroy their cap next year. This guy's contract's an albatross. But, Boomer, how, what are we watching? It's like Russell Wilson lost his ability to process, to feel pressure, to I don't even – it's almost like he's in slow motion. I know that's not the most nuanced way to describe it. I just – I don't know what to say. This is why you take statistics and you throw them out the window. Uh, going into the game Thursday night against the Kansas City Chiefs, believe it or not, ratings-wise, Russell Wilson was the fourth-rated quarterback in the NFL. Now, the reason he is is because he doesn't take a lot of chances. He doesn't want to throw interceptions. He wants a high right. completion percentage. And he wants to be able to say, look at me, I completed 16 of 20 passes – and, you know, my completion percentage is high. I'm not throwing interceptions, although he did throw two last night. And the one by Nick Bolden uh, was was a great read by him and a bad read by Russell. But um, I, I, he's playing cautious. Like, he's not taking chances down the field. And for whatever reason, and let's just take the 70-point uh, Miami game off their schedule for one second and look at all the other games. For whatever right. reason, up until Thursday night, they played well offensively in either the first or the second half. They have not been able to put four quarters together. And usually that's the dip within the quarterback uh, and something is going on with him where the game either he gets like spooked during the game or he's afraid to make a mistake and he's playing kind of like he's handcuffed. And I know the coach doesn't want him playing that way. I know the coach wants him taking chances because they have big wide receivers. They have guys that they can – uh, give an opportunity to go make a play. You saw one of the great catches last night by one of their wide receivers. So it is frustrating, I am sure, and this is why I don't believe that Sean Payton and Russell Wilson will be back together in tandem next year. One will be gone. All right, we brought this up last week. I have to bring it back. We thought 38-3 to was a bad look. And then the Patriots played the trump card. Go out and lose 34 nothing. Report this week, Robert Kraft is angry, he's had enough, and he doesn't subscribe to letting Belichick do the choose-your-own-adventure deal. Boomer, I know you wanted to wait eight weeks. It's not going to go that far. I mean, look, if they don't beat the Raiders Sunday, they're staring Bill's Dolphins down the barrel. You're talking a one-and-seven start. Belichick, clearly one of the greats of all time. But, Boomer, it's like you thought the team dead cat bounced, and then they said, no, 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 there's, there's, a, there's more of a fall to go. What, do you put any stock in that report with Kraft? Um, you know, I know they're all frustrated up there for sure. Um, there's a couple of things going on here. Number one, Bill Belichick is the entire football operation. Don't ever forget that. He's got his fingerprints all over that organization. So in order to fire him right now, uh, that would basically be, um, you know, it would be, it would be organizational suicide. I don't, I don't think Correct. that you would want that. I don't think that anybody would want that. Uh, part of also, if you are angry with the coach, is making him go through it and, you know, standing in front of the media and getting peppered every each and every week, which is not uh, a fun thing to do um, for any coach, let alone a coach with uh, his resume and all the success that he has had. Now, after the season is over, could Robert Kraft decide, hey, look, you know, maybe this is would be in the best interest of everybody if uh, if we make changes here? If Bill is not controlling the roster, if Bill is not doing what he's always done, then I could see basically a meeting of the minds where it's better to split up. 
And that's why I speculated on WFAN, wouldn't it be interesting if the Giants had the number one overall draft pick and Bill Belichick decided to leave the New England Patriots because the only job that I think Bill Belichick would ever want if he's not coaching the Patriots would be the head coach of the New York Giants. I don't want him anywhere near the Giants. At this All right, but I'm just career. saying, that's why I speculated Yes, that. I mean, sure. And it was fun. just total I'm... speculation on my part, and everybody picked it up as if I thought that was going to come true. Well, that's how it works. You know how the game works. We're going to slice and dice what you say, take it out of context, and we're going to go make an article of it. But you, you know, understand what on, I'm man. saying, though, right? A hundred percent I do. I, I absolutely do. Would you like Caleb Williams it... and Bill Belichick together? No, you can keep the change. I'll take Caleb Williams. Okay. I, Boomer, I'm sorry. When I look at what he's done with the Patriots in the post-Brady era, and I look at that roster, a roster that you are rightfully telling me he controls, he picks, he selects. Boomer, the erosion of talent, athleticism, the perceived scheme advantages he used to present. No, never, ever should that man be shamed and gotten rid of during the year. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying at the end of this year, if this goes the way it's going, you have to look and go, guys, Belichick or not, we have one of the three or four worst futures in this league. He's in his 70s. It, it split up before this gets Im- more embarrassing. That's yeah. all I'm saying. There's one There's one other aspect of what's going on right now with the atrocities that took place in Israel this past week, and I know how close uh, Robert Kraft is to the country of Israel, to the leadership over there, to the political leaders. I'm sure that he has uh, got a real distraction on, on his hands uh, for all the right reasons. So I don't necessarily know that the football world right now is the most important thing in his eyes. I can't put words into his mouth, but I know how deeply he invo- he is involved with anti-Semitism and uh, the messaging about it. So I would think that there is a, a huge um, aspect to Bob Kraft's life that we, we have to kind of take into context here, given the enormity of the issues that are going on. Uh, we have a couple minutes left, so I want to hit two more issues here. One, and it's something or nothing, and and I trust you on this. Watching the Giants last week, Thibodeau, couple of sacks, fumble recovery, no emotion, no celebration, no getting in the end zone with his teammates, nothing. I've, it struck me as bizarre. Now, look, statistically speaking, he's got four sacks. I don't think he's played that well. But he's not the same guy he was last year from an emotion, energy, body language standpoint. Is that something or is that nothing? I I think it's nothing given the way that that game was unfolding. I think maybe he was just aware that, you know, look, there's no chance we're winning this. Why would I want to, like, celebrate something in the middle of a game where we're getting our asses kicked? So maybe I give him a little credit for having an awareness about doing the right thing at the right moment. No problem. I I said to ask. It struck me as a little bit odd. The other one was, what the heck is going on in Cleveland? Watson cleared to practice. They expected him to play after the bye. Then it turned into, we hope he's functional. Now I'm looking at P.J. Walker probably starting Sunday. What what are you hearing out of Cleveland here with a very murky situation? Um, What I've heard is that there are some people that are very frustrated with Deshaun. Then I heard uh, my own partner here at WFN, Greg Giannotti, basically said, oh, I know why he's not playing this week. Why is that? Because it's Nick Bosa in the 49ers. And I'm like, oh, of course, you're a sports talk host, so you got to take that take on it. I'm, I'm really disappointed that he's not playing either, especially with having the green light last week. But it is an AC right. joint that is bothering him. And if he's not 100% and, and it's gonna be th- he's going to be thinking about it on the field, he's not doing himself any favors, and he's certainly not doing the Browns any favors. But uh, I'm sure this is a huge question mark in that locker room without question. All right, we got a lot more to do. 
picks, mistakes were made. Bad week for underdogs, bad week for us. We got the picks, we got some other issues, and I got to ask Boomer about a very special player near and dear to his heart. All that and more coming up next. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valeni. Let me tell you about Casamigos, the smoothest tequila on the planet. Enjoy the entire family of Casamigos tequilas, the Reposado, the Anejo, Blanco, Cristalino, or the Mezcal. It's Casamigos tequila brought to you by those who drink it. Casamigos tequila reminds you always to please celebrate responsibly. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. All right, we're going to get to the picks. Bad week last week. And unlike our intrepid producer, Mr. Brian Rascona, we are mortals, uh, but we forge on. I'll just tell you, when underdogs don't cover, this show is going to need to take cover. Boomer, are you ready to redeem? Are you uh, ready to yes, I am ready to redeem because we do have data points now. At least that's what I was told. <sighs> I know. Mistakes were made. I have to replot the data on the matrix. I got to move the strings everywhere. Okay. Uh, then let's get to the picks. Picks of the week. All right, we start out. Let's do the brunch bowl. Ravens laying four, taking on the Titans in London. What do you got? You know, I think it's a tight game. I think it's a low-scoring game. These two teams both do not score a lot of points. Uh, as a matter of fact, when you take a look at the over-unders for both of these teams, they uh, considerably favor the under. So I'm going to say low-scoring game. I'm going to take the four points, and I'll take, um, I think, I'm going to I'm gonna lay the four points. No, I'm going to lay the – Uh-oh. I'm, I am very confused about this one. I'm going to take the Titans and the four points is what I'm going to do. Yeah, if this was in Tennessee, I'd be with you. This is still – it's London. I'll go Ravens, but might, this might be a veto for me. Let's go Atlanta, laying two and a half, hosting the Commanders. You know, um, because they're hosting the Commanders, I'll take them. And because Sam Howell is the second most sacked quarterback in the NFL, he'll make some mistakes here on the road. Um, I like what Desmond Ritter did last week. I was happy for him. He led his team back to a fourth-quarter comeback. Uh, I will take the home favorite two and a half points and and the Falcons. My issue is as well as Ritter played, they still had seven at the half. They still had to escape a rookie quarterback. I, I look the Artie party. I love him. That offense, there's something not right there, and it's more than Ritter. I'm actually going to go Commanders here. Let's go Niners. This number now out to ten and a half. Niners traveling to Cleveland to take on P.J. Walker. What do you want to do here? I, yeah, I want to take the Niners. Um, is Watson worth seven points, though? On open, this was two and a half, three. Is he really worth seven? Uh, yeah, I, I think, yes, so. I you know I, To me, P.J. Walker, what he can do is he can run around and they will try to limit the amount of decisions he has to make to do a lot of play action, passing a lot of seven-man uh, fronts. They'll try to double-team. Uh, Nick Bosa, and then they got to hope that their own defense, which is one of the best defenses in football, gets a couple turnovers on Brock Purdy. But he has been, as I said earlier, nearly flawless as the quarterback of the 49ers. So I feel like I want to take the 49ers and lay the points. The one thing I'll I'll say, Jim Schwartz with that wide nine scheme and the way that they play, he's actually been very successful against the Shanahan offense. Now, I know it's P.J. Walker. I'll take the ten and a half, but I'll say it to the people: this is not a game I would ever wager my own money on. Well, you got to okay, beat so a later just, up coming up, uh, later on coming up. So, 
What's up, buddy? I said you got a veto later uh, coming up. Oh, later I know. On. I know. Uh, I wish I had about seven of them for this card. All right. This is a game I actually really do like. Saints laying a point and a half traveling to Houston, taking on the Texans. Again, I'm going to go with the favorite here. And I'm, the reason I'm doing that is because of their defense. And uh, we saw their defense on full display last week on the road in New England. Um, yep. I, you know, I listen, I still think CJ Stroud is playing great, but this will be the best defense he's going to face. So I'm going to take the Saints to lay the points. Agree totally. It's just got like a 20 to 17 or, you know, 17 14 low scoring game. I like the Saints. Dennis Allen, that defense, it travels. And Stroud is still a rookie. Saints for me. Dolphins, 13 and a half against the Panthers. Well, you know, listen, the Dolphins, uh, no Devon A. Chan in this game. Uh, he's going to be out for probably the next four weeks. But um, I think that I think the Panthers will, will try to. I can't. So I don't even want to pick this game. This is my veto game. I am not picking this game. <laughs> the level of mental strife it is. you're I'm going through you. in selecting this. I, I Looking at this game, thinking, okay, rookie quarterback on the road, the Dolphins coming off of a beatdown of the Giants, and blah, 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 blah. I just – it's too scary for me with that many points, and I just – It should be. It, it should be. You could be. You could listen. Here, here's how it works. If you want to know why Boomer is struggling with this, it could be a 31-10 game with 18 seconds left, and you have to sit the 31-13 game, and you got to sweat. That's the point. I mean, the 13 and that's a Titanic number. But I'm not mad if you go, Mike. I'm vetoing. I am t- vetoing it's, it's, this. It's pro- I am vetoing this pick right here. Okay, it's Panthers or pass if you're going to play it. You can mark me down for the Panthers. That one could go in the veto pile. Let's go to a game I actually like. Bengals laying two and a half, hosting Geno Smith. What do we got? Arrested Geno Smith and Seattle Seahawks coming to the Bengals, who seem to have found their game. And Joe Burrow now this week says he's 100%. I told you last week he was yeah. going to be 90, he was 98%. And I also told you last week that I thought Jamar Chase was going to go off. And guess what? He did. So I think they found their sea legs. And I think they'll find their Seahawks in this game. I'll lay the two and a half, and I will take the Bengals. Total agreement here. Love this spot for the Bengals. And I do feel like they've turned a corner. And Seattle, the problem for them is they don't have the playmakers up front. I think it'll give Burrow the time. They want to press the ball, push it down the field. I think it's a tough matchup for Seattle. I'm going to go Bengals. All right, this is... I, this is something I have to do. Jags back home after two weeks in London, laying four and a half, hosting the Colts. So you know tre- what to do. Well, I do, but Trevor Lawrence owns the Colts, especially at home. He, uh, I think uh, you know he doesn't he has doesn't lose the Colts uh, in their building. But the fact that they've been traveling and everything else, and it is Gardner Minshew, by the way. There it is. Who has been a really good player for them? Who's actually had three stints for them already this year. And has led them to basically three victories. So I am going to take Gardner Minshew and the Colts, and I'll lay the four points. See, Scones, you make fun of me, but he's learning. Not lay the four points. Take the four points. It's a a divisional game. You take the points. I I don't think the Colts win. I do think it screws you up when when you go over. If any of you guys out there have gone to Europe, spent any time, it messes you up. Uh, They've been over there for two weeks. I think the second half of this game could get a little squirrely. I'll take the points. Give me the Colts. Vikings Bears. Why? Because we have to. Vikings laying the three in Chicago. Yeah, but I like the I like the Bears here, and I like the way that Justin Fields has played the last two weeks. You know, he's uh, thrown eight touchdown passes. You take a look at his numbers, 
and you compare them to some other players around the league that play his position, his numbers are better than theirs. So I'm going to tell you right now, the way that this young man has played the last two weeks, the fact that they're a home dog, and I like the way their defense has played better the last two weeks, I'm going to take Justin Fields and the Bears, and I'll take the points. Yeah, and, and look, I, I just think the Vikings would know Justin Jefferson. The Vikings are broken. I mean, they put all the eggs in the basket last week. I think the Chiefs were begging to lose that game. They were begging for the Vikings to, to even come close, and the Vikings spit the bit. I'll take the Bears. Tough game. Now, here you go. This The next game here, this is about do you believe you are getting the absolute rock-bottom price on a team? Raiders laying three live. This number has changed. It is three. Raiders laying three, hosting the Pats. Yeah, I like the Raiders here, and I like the Raiders because the Pat, the Patriots, especially offensively, are in such a funk right now. And tell me who the playmakers are in this game. At least I know the Raiders have Max Crosby. They have Devontae Adams. Um, you know, they have a running game that they can fall back on if Jimmy Garoppolo is struggling. Um, so I'm going to take the Raiders here. And, you know, look, as you said earlier in the day, um, you know, between Belichick and his former assistants, the, he seems to school those guys. I don't think in this game, and I don't think the way that his team is playing, uh, that they're going to be able to beat the Raiders in Vegas. Yeah, I would I would need north of a field goal to do it. I'm with you, Boomer. They look broken. Um, the quarterback shuffle, the inability to produce anything on offense defensively, they're lost. And they used to be a special teams darling. They're 32nd in special teams in DVOA this year. It's awful. I, I'm going to take Josh McDaniels over Bill Belichick. That's where we've arrived at. I'll take the Raiders. Rams laying a full touchdown hosting the cards. You know, I, I, w- I was hoping that this thing was going to come in at around five points, and then I was going to feel good about the Rams winning by a touchdown. <laughs> uh, but, you know, say what you want about the Cardinals. Each and every week it's an interesting situation with them. They always find themselves remotely close into a game, and then all of a sudden, boom, something crazy happens against them. I think seven is a lot of points here. I'm going to take uh, the Cardinals, and I'll take the seven points. Yeah, I, last week I just didn't understand why why you're putting Dobbs in that position to even throw a pick six in the oh, shadow of his own end zone. Right. But, you know, I digress. Um, I'm actually going to go Rams here. I, I wasn't as discouraged as the final score would indicate with the Eagles game. They just couldn't get off the field, but it was death by a thousand razor blades mm-hmm. by paper cuts. I. The Rams offense, this is a reprieve. It's like class relief and horse racing. I, I'm, I'm going to go Rams here. So I think the number's indicative of a of a blowout. Cooper Cup should have at least 12 catches in this game. Oh, big time. Big time. And what? I mean, revelation. Puka Nakua. Good Lord. It's all, I mean, it's fun. The Rams are a fun team to watch. All right. Eagles lay in seven. They travel to MetLife. Okay, so the Jets are going to be with another offensive line configuration. Going back and watching the tape against Denver, Zach Wilson made at least four or five critical errors. Uh, Two of the critical errors came at the end of the half and at the end of the game. Uh, You're not going to win games against good teams. Uh, Bad teams let you beat them in their building, that's exactly what the Broncos are. The Eagles have a monster defensive line, struggling in the secondary for sure. But Jalen Carter has been everything that everybody said he was going to be as a professional football player. I love the Eagles' defensive line. I'm going to lay the seven and take the Eagles. Everything in my body wants to take the Jets here. But Boomer's right. Plus any third and two, third and one, fourth and one. Eagles are just going to do that stupid rugby nonsense. The the, the brotherly shove, and they're going to get the first down. I Vera Tucker out. I can't trust Zach Wilson. It's going to be a fierce pass rush. I 
This violates my personal code. <laughs> I'll lay the seven on the road. This stinks. All right. B- Bills, 14 and a half now, hosting the Giants as as the, as we punish America by having to watch my Giants. You know, on the, on, the, on uh, the WFN, we have a thing that we call Feel Good Friday. We make picks at the end, and we always include the Jets and the Giants. So I have to stay – uh, consistent with my picks on WFN, I pick the Bills to wipe out the Giants. Uh, totally. There's no, uh, no. I don't think Daniel Jones is going to play in this game. Uh, he hasn't practiced all week, so it tells me that they're going to go uh, with Tyrod Taylor, which is probably better for the Giants right now. Anyway, I don't think Saquon Barkley is going to play here. Andrew Thomas is not going to play here. The same situation is going to find itself. Uh, in play for the Giants as it did last week. An offensive line that is struggling against a really good pass-rushing defensive line. Give me the Bills on Sunday night football to put on a show and let everybody know that they are not the team that lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars in London last week. The other problem, and I always use this term with the Patriots, the Giants are not athletic. You know, you face these teams like the Dolphins, the Bills, the Chiefs, um, certainly the Niners. Yes, physicality is important, but you've got to have athletes. The Giants on defense look so slow. And now you're going to get the Bills off a bad loss at home, bright lights. Steph Diggs, this is a lot like the Jamar Chase stuff where one game, hey, I'm always bleeping open. The next game, 16 catches. Diggs had a meltdown on the sidelines. Allen ran cover fire for him. I think Diggs is a huge game. The Giants have no ability to rush passer. They have no ability to create turnovers. They, they are morbid in every sense of the word. And I apologize to America that you have to end. You've been waiting all day for Sunday night. Yeah, not not when you turn this on. So here you go. Bill's laid a 14 and a half, and I apologize on behalf of Big Blue Nation. Cowboys laying two at Boomer's Chargers. Wow, this has been a long week for the Cowboys, you think? Oh, my God. I mean, if I were Dak Prescott, I just want to turn off all my social media. don't want to talk to anybody. don't want to check my messages. Man, it has just been awful. And unfortunately for those guys, I think it's going to be another awful week for them. Chargers coming off of a breather, a break. Their defense was a little bit better uh, prior to their uh, their bye. I think that, uh, man, Justin Herbert's been on fire, one of the best quarterbacks consistently week in and week out. This will be a tough game. This is not going to be one of these blowout games, but I will lay the two points, and I will take the charges, and I could see them winning on a late field goal. I hate Brandon Staley. I hate taking poorly coached teams, but everything Boomer said is right, and I still don't know that the Cowboys have adjusted to the loss of Trayvon Diggs. That is a major piece on that defense. He is a game wrecker, much like Parsons. He is a turnover machine. He is a guy that flips the field. And I'm telling you, I still do not trust McCarthy calling plays and the check down Charlie routine he's trying to get Dak to be. I will take the Chargers here. We'll give you our vetoes in the next segment. Let's take care of some business before we get to the final word, the vetoes. Boomer, tell them about Casamigos. All right, so we both have the Chargers and two points. There you go. So what goes great with football? It's Casamigos tequila, everyone. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it. Make sure you have plenty on hand for the Week 6 games, whether it be Añejo, Blanco, Reposado, Cristalino, or Mezcal. It's Casamigos Tequila. Reminds our friends out there to celebrate responsibly. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. All right, final segment of the week. Boomer's changing into his golf spikes. It's very exciting. 
We're going to get to the best of the best. We're going to get to a little trade primer. I just want to get our vetoes down. Boomer, the two games that you want to back out of on the picks, you are out on Dolphins-Panthers, done, and you are now out on Rams minus seven against the Cards, correct? Yes, that's right. Okay. I'm going to sit out Eagles-Jets because it violates my, my, my respect for myself. I can't with the Eagles laying seven on the road, and I want no part of Dolphins-Panthers as well. In the words of Boomer Sison, it's just too scary. Uh, let's go one question for you. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask. I was watching Niners and Cowboys last week, and Werner and Greenlaw at the linebacker level. And, I mean, Werner's just a – he's a heat-seeking missile. He's, he's forcing fumbles in the backfield. He's covering people 30 yards down the field. And Greenlaw is one of the nastiest guys in the mm-hmm. league. When you watch that duo – it, it, is there another linebacker duo that you would comp them out to in years past? Well, for that team specifically, yes. And that would be Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis. I mean, think about those two guys when they were playing and how good they were. And I'll never forget the the NFC Championship game between them and the Giants. Yeah. And I thought that was Eli Manning's greatest game, even though I know he won Super Bowls and he won Super Bowl MVPs. But that game was so physical, and he kept getting up, kept getting hit, and kept completing passes. Uh, and those two guys were right in the middle of all that stuff. So um, I think I think there's your comparison right there. All right, let's go best of the best. I happen to love this game we've selected. This week's best of the best. You know, it's only right. This game has been flexed to America's game at a week level. 425. Lions laying three and a half as they travel to Tampa. Tampa is surprising a lot of people. I don't think the Lions are surprising us. We've been very high on them. This is a hell of a good game. I wanted to get your read on this because first things first, Lions 4-1, five games in. Boomer, you picked them to win the North. I agree with you. But the Bucks. Does the NFC South run through Tampa? I think it does now. And and basically, Baker Mayfield has found his footing. You know, maybe he has found a long-term home here. And, you know, it's still early in the season. Um, they do have a relatively uh, kind schedule, if you want to put it that way. Most of the teams in the NFC South did. That's why I still think that the Saints have a really good chance of winning that division with their defense. But the Bucks still have playmakers, both on defense and offense, and that's what makes Baker's kind of ascension here uh, so interesting and it's such a, such a good story for all of us. So I think that this is going to be a tough game for the uh, the Lions. You know, interestingly, Friday morning uh, we picked this game and it was a three-point spread, and now it's a three-and-a-half-point spread, which does mm-hmm. give me pause because I picked the Bucks with the three-point spread, but I want to take the Lions with the three-and-a-half-point spread. Look, for me, let's stick with the quarterbacks for a second before the picks because it's in a lot of ways, it's two guys who needed a home, and they found it in an unlikely place. Look, people forget Jared Goff was the throw-in on the Stafford. And in his – look, I use this sample size, Boomer. It really clicked for him midway through 2021. In his last 29 games, and I'm spitballing these. If I'm off by a yard, don't bust my chops, Scone. Uh, Jared Goff has a passer rating of 101. He's thrown for 7,200 yards, 50 touchdowns, and 12 picks in his last 29 starts for the Lions. He has become their franchise QB. Now, Baker Mayfield doesn't have that level of track record, but he goes to L.A., 
you and I both agreed last year it's the best thing that ever happened to that kid. He learned a ton from McVay. And now I feel like he's in the process of doing what Goff did in Detroit. Has Mayfield found a home? Hey, you know what? And compare that to what Cleveland's dealing with with his Uh-oh. replacement, Deshaun Watson. I, this is kind of what makes this story so good down in uh, in Tampa. And, you know, when I think of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I you know, you think of Tom Brady and you think of Bruce Arians. And now all of a sudden you have – uh, Todd Bowles, who basically told our Pat Kerwin at CBS Sports Network, uh, CBS NFL Today, excuse me, he said, you know, ex- describe your relationship with Baker Mayfield. And Todd Bowles said, if I asked Baker Mayfield to stick his face in a fan when the fan was going, he would do it. Meaning that he's very coachable, very likable, and he brings the right. energy each and every week. You know, one of the other things that was interesting to me, too, this past week, uh, when Troy Aikman and Joe Buck were doing the Giant game, and Joe Buck referred to a conversation that he was having with Brian Dable, the head coach of the Giants. And he said, you know, Brian Dable said to those guys that I always have the energy. I just need my quarterback to bring the energy. And that makes me think of Daniel Jones's biggest, I guess, criticism is that he's a flatliner, that he's not a guy that's going to bring the energy. And the opposite of that is exactly what Baker Mayfield is doing for the Buccaneers. He is bringing the energy. You could see it on the sideline. You could see it in his teammates' faces. I mean, they seem to really like playing with him. So, you know, both of these guys deserve a lot of credit restarting their career. Uh, Jared Goff, as you said, probably has done it quietly more so than any other quarterback in the league, especially when you spit out those statistics and his success with the Detroit Lion offense. And I think they're going to give him an extension. What what do you think that looks like? Because that's been a topic here in Detroit this week is, look, bye week is on the horizon. They go at Tampa, at Baltimore, home on a Monday night against the Raiders. There, there's a lot of vibes here in Detroit of, hey, can they be 6-2 and two at the bye? And it's that time of, like, look, if a guy plays 35 games of this caliber of football, it's time for an extension. In, in your mind, what does a Goff extension look like? I know one thing. If I were him, I'd be looking at Daniel Jones's contract and say, I want more than that. <laughs> and that just so goes to go show you how – five at 200? Yeah, I think that would be fair. Maybe maybe even more than that, maybe a little bit more than that, uh, depending on how deep they get into the playoffs. But if you're going to do it now, uh, you, you know, you're basically saying, let's do it now because we're afraid we're going to get to the playoffs. And if we do get to the playoffs and we do have the number two seed in, in the NFC, then he's going to want even more money. Oh, so, that's, that's exactly why. I mean, Boomer, it's just, look, the, I always explain to people, you don't dictate the market. When a quarterback signs, the next guy expects more money and then more and more and more and more. It doesn't go backwards. The cap goes up. The comp for quarterbacks goes up. I, I to me, Boomer, they're going to go to the playoffs. Now, I only put the note in here about could they chase the two seed based on I gave you the games in the their next four games. When you look at at Baltimore, at Tampa, and at the Chargers out of the bye, Boomer, those are the only three games on this schedule that you look at and you go, you know what, I can see a loss. When you look down the line, now they get Dallas end of the year. Boomer, they have a chance to rack wins. They've got the second easiest schedule here on out. It was just a question of if you get rolling, is there wisdom in doing it now? And I've, I've said yes. Well, it's easy to look forward that way and look at the schedule, but I always tell you and I always try to remind you that the most important thing is not who you're playing, it's when you're playing them. What kind of condition is your team in and what kind of condition is their team in? So if you were getting ready to play, say, the Giants this week, like the Buffalo Bills are, they're playing with their backup quarterback. 
you're catching them at the right time as far as I'm concerned. Same thing uh, for a number of teams around the league. Let's say you're playing in Cleveland and you're San Francisco this week. You're catching them at the right time, much like Baltimore did uh, a few weeks back. So I, I just think that as long as they stay healthy, because of the division they play in, just like the Bucks, because of the division they play in, they should be able to control their own division with wins within the division. So I'm there with yeah, you. They're going to make a playoff. We we all predicted that they would make the playoffs. Oh, yeah. And it's how they're built. Look, here's the other thing, too, for people who haven't seen him play. I, everyone, hey, no one's saying he's Travis Kelsey. But I'm just telling you, the Lions very quietly may have selected the next great young tight end. This Sam Laporta kid out of Iowa. Boomer, every week he gets better and better and better and better. They're, they're now arriving at running trick plays for him, shot plays to him. This kid's really good. So He's they, a treat to watch. So they have athletes. You know, and Amon Ross St. Brown is an underrated wide receiver. You have Jameer Gibbs coming out of the backfield. David Montgomery has found his legs. He's basically doing the, the heavy lifting for uh, the Lions right now. I mean, there's a lot of really good athletes on this team, and it's, and it's, and it's all held together – by a coach, I think that the the entire team, organization, city respects and loves and wants Correct. to do well. And then on top of that, you look at the offensive line. That is one of the best, if not the best, offensive line in football. So they are that's big, right. they are fast, they got explosive players, and you know that's why this is the the game of the week. And this is why I think, you know, I want to take the three and a half, and I want to take the pucks, the Bucks, the home dog, because I think it's going to be a field goal game. Yeah, give me 24-21 Lions. So we get the cover with the Bucks, but I get to talk happy radio yes. with the Lions. I like exactly. That. It's always about uh, but us I'll take anyway. the th- It is. That's it. The universe centers around us. I'll take the Bucks with the points. All right, final word time. Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti, presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's, Lowe's knows home improvement. The final right. word. So just a quick note here, because the NFL trade deadline is becoming more, I don't know, it's more sexy. We're seeing players get dealt, moved around. Boomer, I wanted to check in on it. Any names you're hearing, guys that could be on the move that are of interest? Yeah, 100%. Uh, You know, what you want to do is you want to look at losing teams. You want to look at expiring contracts. And basically, the NFL is finally coming around to the way the NHL and the way the NBA does their trade deadline. What kind of assets can we receive in return for somebody who we unlike we're unlikely to sign next year? So when I look at that list, four names pop out at me right at the top of the list. Two are New York Giants. One is Leonard Williams. The other one is Saquon Barkley. Uh, there is a Minnesota uh, uh, Viking on this list, Daniil Hunter, uh, pass rusher for them. How about Booter Baker, the safer, safety for the Arizona Cardinals? But it's very easy to take a look at all of this. There's wide receivers there. There's running backs there. There's all sorts of, uh, you know, defensive linemen that will or could be available. There's some cornerbacks like Adoree Jackson could be available. It all depends on the way these teams see themselves by the time we get to October 31st because that is when the trade deadline is. So there's a couple weeks left, a couple more games left, and I wouldn't be surprised if some of these other bigger names uh, are on the move because teams are going to try to – fortify you know their defensive or offensive lines or their secondary or wide receivers do you view it as even remotely realistic the Giants would move Barkley do you think that that's plausible I think it's I think it's very plausible you know the other one too you have to really think about is Kirk Cousins whether or not you know he would be made available if the Vikings lose this week to Chicago uh he was asked about it and he did not answer which is a smart thing to do 
that he was asked about would you waive your no trade clause, etc. He he just kind of moved it to the side. I, to me, if I'm his agent, I, I, I'm trying to get him up out of there. Well, I would too. And and the, the interesting thing would be, would the Jets be a landing spot? You know, the Jets have so much invested in this year, so many really good players on this team. Yeah. And if Zach Wilson goes out and does not play well against the Eagles and they are heading into their bye, you know, could that be a place? You know, that's the speculation here in New York. I mean, I've, I've seen crazier things, and I could, I would imagine that Kirk Cousins would want to go to a good team. I don't necessarily know that he'd want to come to New York. Um, I'm sure he's very comfortable there in uh, Minnesota. The other interesting thing there is, remember, Justin Jefferson is now in the four-week IR. I He needs a new contract. And if you do trade Kirk Cousins, who is throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson the rest of this year when he comes off the injured list? And is he going to be happy about that? No, absolutely not. Look, they're in a total rebuild. They don't want to admit it, but they are. Look, I, I talked about this all last year. They were the fakest team in the league. You know, rent was going to come due, and here it is. You know, you don't get to win every three-point game. So, yeah, I think it's fascinating. I think the Cousins thing is interesting. If they go out, lose it in Chicago, I think it takes on another different tenor to fall to one and five. But, look, this is the beauty of it. We have time to talk about it, time to lead up to it, um, and hopefully we, uh, we re- recoup our picks. So, listen. Boomer, you can sashay out of the studio. <laughs> Go and enjoy yourself. People, enjoy a weekend of football. We will be back with you to recap all of it, all of the picks, all the opinions, and scones making fun of us. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti.